Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. That is the demonic laugh of Joel A. Erickson, who is trying to heal the wounds of his Milwaukee Brewers getting swept right out of the National League, whatever round it is, playoffs. Man, don't build toward it. Just go right for it. That's right. It's nice. Well, I, I think Joel knows. I like the. I kind of like the Brewers. <laughs> I think Milwaukee, Milwaukee might be my rising quickly is one of my favorite cities in the United States for sure. Uh, kind of a special place for me. So I think Joel knows that. But he joins us now and player availability coming up here in just a couple of minutes. So we'll try to sneak in some time with him. Joel, first off, I'll get right to the meat of the matter. Uh, Jonathan Taylor going to or not going to play on Sunday? I I still think he's going to. I don't know in what I don't know how much or in what capacity. I just feel like these guys come off of not playing all the time and end up playing. So uh, maybe I'm wrong on that, but I, I just feel like he's going to play. What's the it's best running back? It's also running back. It's not like there's as much timing as receiver and stuff right. like that. Well, what's the best non-Jonathan Taylor division read that you've gotten out of the injury report the last couple of days in terms of where the offensive line is trending? Uh, I, I don't think. I don't think Bernard Ryman is going to. I mean, he was out there today. I don't know for sure that I think he's going to be back. It seems like, it seems like this year people are be, the team is being, and, and not just this team, but every team is being a little more careful with concussions. Um, I keep thinking about you know Drew Ogletree being cleared but then inactive and then giving him another week. So I'm kind of leaning that way with him. Uh, Ryan Kelly might be back. Um, Ryman obviously is huge because you know the, the the difference between him and Blake Freeland I think has been was pretty stark last week. You know the okay when it comes to the protocol I, I understand it Joel I do and I don't think that neurological injury is anything to take lightly at all. So I commend the NFL for. Um, probably what some people might see is almost like an aggressive handling uh, of all of this, right? Or erring on the side of caution, I guess. But one guy this this week, and, and I don't know that it's a concussion issue. I, I could be wrong. You're around it closer than am I, so shed light here. Um, Shaq Leonard, you know, when he was not getting a lot of reps last Sunday, Shane Steichen made it clear, like, no, he's he's fine. He's just, you know, our rotation was such that he wasn't getting on the field a lot. Now he's been limited in practice. What is going on from a health standpoint with Shaq Leonard? Yeah, he's listed. He's listed with a groin injury. Um, he was he was available, I think, yesterday when I, where I was dealing with Taylor stuff, so I didn't actually go talk to him. Um, so uh, I don't know, but he's dealing with he's dealing with a, a groin. I think the the most telling thing though was earlier this week when Gus Bradley said that with with Leonard they're they're kind of hoping that he's full go and and like really really going in November, which he's probably played a few more snaps than that so far. Um, but it also was sort of a, a telling quote. I mean, we're still a long ways away from November in terms of games. Um, I, I don't know. I don't really know how to how to how to read everything other than other than he, he doesn't quite look like himself or like the, or at least the the previous version of himself and you know maybe 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 they're right maybe by the time you get back to November he does look like that but um, yeah just kind of interesting that they said that that was the first time they sort of kind of put it that plainly that they didn't expect him to be fully fully back to who I guess 
who they expect him to be or whatever that is um, until November. Joel Erickson with the Indy Star taking some time with us here on Query and Company. Joel, sticking with the injury portion of this conversation, DeForest Buckner, a limited participant on Thursday. It was clear that the, especially the run defense, missed him on first, second down as he was used primarily in third down situations against the Rams. Where do you think we're trending in terms of if there's a snap count placed on DeForest or not this weekend? Well, with with Buck, you always assume that he's going to play more than maybe his injuries allow him to, and then and then adjust as as accordingly. I I think the thing that I'm interested in there is if he does have to play a smaller snap count again, I, I'd be curious to see if the rotation changes. I, I thought, you know, Dio Adengbo had a pretty nice game last week, and he's got the size and everything to play in there. And I wonder if maybe playing Dio Adengbo or, or Eric Johnson, who's, who's more of a nose tackle run, run stuffer on on rundowns, is a better idea if Buckner can't go than playing Taven Bryant, who really struggled against the run last week. Joel, what sort of things, you know, th- this matchup has suddenly become more intriguing than probably we thought like in early September, right? When you're looking at the schedule and you're looking at games, you're like, eh, the Tennessee game. I mean, it's two teams that are probably vying to stay within two games at Jacksonville. And then, boom, here we are within the AFC South. So I'll begin with this. Do you think that the division right now is kind of wide open, A, because you know a couple of those teams are more competent than we thought, or B, because Jacksonville has maybe even regressed from where they ended last year to the surprise of everyone? Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a little bit of, of both. The, the the Jaguars' offensive line has some issues, and I think I think Colts fans are pretty aware of how an offensive line having some issues can can really change a team's projections really fast. And then I think, especially with the Colts, I'm not sure anybody really expected Anthony Richardson to be making a difference in a way that could win games this early. Uh, I, maybe I'm wrong on that, but I, I, I think he's further along than I expected. I think maybe than the Colts expected, given the way they didn't address certain things like, you know, the cornerback position uh, this offseason. And, you know, I I, I just kept coming away from last week's game thinking, you know, maybe if they if they'd made a, a move or two at corner or in the secondary, they might be 3 and 1 right now and then then like we're then if you're 3 and 1, you're talking about like hey, we're making a playoff push. So I, I think that's part of it too. It's just Richardson Richardson and Stroud too with the Texans. Both of them are playing in a way that makes you wonder if if those rookie quarterbacks are going to be better than expected. And if they are, then that they're going to be those their teams are going to be better than expected. Another big question on the mind of Colts fans going into this weekend and I think in the coming weeks is with a potential Jonathan Taylor return, Joel, where does Zach Moss fit into things? I mean, there's no doubt he'll still be at least a complimentary back, but going into this matchup, I'm with you. I think that JT gets some amount of carries. I think he's going to play, but do you think this is a matchup where they might ease Jonathan Taylor in and Zach Moss might still have a split or maybe leading the majority of the carries? I, I think it's possible just given how much time – I think Taylor said, like, it's been more than 290 days. So if he does play, I, I do think it's possible that he's kind of on a ramp-up pitch count type thing. If he, full, if, if he gets fully healthy, then I think Zach Moss is playing a backup role. Just Taylor's just more explosive, you know. Right. Um, but but that, that might be a couple of weeks away given how much time Taylor missed um, over the last year or so. You know, the – the dynamic of Jonathan Taylor, Joel, Joel A. Erickson is our guest from the Indianapolis Star. The dynamic of Taylor to me is interesting because once he's going like, you know, full bore, 
if you will, how much – I realize it from the running back position. You know, we're looking at it from how big an acclimation is it for Jonathan Taylor to get back in there having missed time. Not a lot. But what about for Anthony Richardson? You know, what nuances of having a back like that, a guy that's quicker to the hole, a guy that, that he's not, at, you know, necessarily an out-of-the-backfield receiver and, and maybe not even a, a good enough blitz blocker. But what about for Anthony Richardson? Is it a, bitter, a bigger acclimation for Richardson than it is for Taylor? Um, so I've asked about I've asked about like zone read handoffs because I think we've all seen those go bad. I, I think that the, the team feels like honestly that these guys are, are good enough that that uh, Jim Bob Cooter actually just kind of flat out said like ah, these guys can pretty much handle that they should be able to handle that they're professionals. In terms of the passing game stuff with Taylor, he's at the he's at the very least he's at the same level of receiver and pass protector I think as Zach Moss. Um, and then I think the interesting thing for me is how do defenses react? If you have a fully healthy Taylor and a fully healthy Richardson, if it was me right now, I would be going. I would be going. Hey, anytime Richardson is, is in a zone read situation, I'm I'm erring on the side of Richardson because he can hurt us more. Um, if Taylor's out there, then it kind of changes it, and that's the piece that I'm really interested in. Is is does it? I mean. Richardson's had some some pretty good lanes to run through lately. Just I think some of the design and stuff is is helping that. Um, but does it does it help it even more? Does it or does it make it does it make Richardson's life a little bit easier just with being worried that 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 running back could hit a, a, a home run with his, his with the ball? Are we still a few weeks away before that tandem reaches what Colts fans have been excited about it potentially reaching in terms of? how it could attack a defense. I feel like that was the buzz around the city the moment Anthony Richardson was drafted was, man, you pair him up with Jonathan Taylor and look out how you're supposed to scheme against that. Are we a few weeks away from seeing the full potential? Probably. I mean, he's got to be on the field a lot, I think, to to really get into that. And and I think the team also has to sort of get a feel for like how he runs and stuff like that. I, I think you could probably see some of that stuff on tape. But I think you're probably – uh, a few weeks away from it. I think the other thing is the offense is probably still, they're probably still learning a lot about Anthony Richardson just in in all facets of the game and how they can make it better. You, you think about the the first year they had with Jalen Hurts there, they, they kind of scuffled for two months or so and then figured it out towards the end. I'm kind of expecting that to happen a little bit here with them learning Richardson as they go. Joel, last thing here before we let you go, because I know the locker room is about to open up. Um, in talking to the players, the things that they're looking at for Tennessee, the expectation they have of the Tennessee Titans and what Tennessee they feel is going to try to do against them they need to be prepared for is what? Uh, I, Tennessee, they're, their calling card is just the, the physicality. They're going to take advantage of mistakes. It's, it's, it's the same Tennessee team, and I think the players know that. You, you know you're kind of going into a um, – all games are physical, but this game was, is usually more physical than – than other ones, I think that's that's the biggest thing. It's the, Tennessee is kind of a weird team to look at right now because they're they're two and two, and it's hard to get a read on them. But you kind of know how Mike Brable's teams are going to play, and I think the players are kind of expecting the same sort of physical battle that they're used to. We'll let you get back to listening to the Violent Femmes and the Killers, which I know is your favorite <laughs> duo now, Joel. Right. <laughs> Well, I, I'm I'm listening to a lot of very uh, like sad stuff right now. I'm 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 in I'm in mourning for the Brewers season for a little right, bit here. Right, well, I, I'll hear. You. Once you get done with the cure, we'll let you get back to the violent films and the killers. How's that? There you go. There All you right. go. Appreciate it, Joel. 
Joel A. Erickson of the Indianapolis Star. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Halfway through the 2 o'clock hour, Jake Query here along with Jimmy Cook and Eddie Garrison. It is Query and Company on 93.5, 107.5 The Fan. Joining us now... The guy that I have long said is probably the most connected writer when it comes to Indianapolis sports. Joining us on the program, we will let you know how you can read his work at Substack. Bob Kravitz joins us. And Bob, I thought you had a really interesting column about Jonathan Taylor and, you know, kind of the topsy turvy nature of this, right? Because I think you and I both probably would have guessed a month ago maybe that we would not be at this point where. He may be playing on Sunday. We'll see on that. But I'll begin with this, and then we'll kind of go backwards towards your column. Do you think we will see Jonathan Taylor as recently as this Sunday? I, you know, I don't think so. I, I think uh, I think his ankle is going to continue to give him problems. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I I haven't I haven't uh, uh, done I, I haven't checked out his ankle, but yeah. What I'm saying is I don't think he wants to play football for the Indianapolis Colts. And uh, that being said, he may not feel like he's quite ready to play. Uh, I would be, I'd be a little surprised if he plays on Sunday, but, you know, I, haven't, I, I don't feel like I've had a real good feel for this whole thing from the very beginning. Like you said, I really felt he would never play football again for the Colts. I thought it was a done deal. Um, the fact that there's a possibility is a little surprising to me. Is there the possibility, Bob, that the Colts are bringing him back into the mix, getting him conditioned to play strictly because they want to be able to showcase to other teams that he has value so they can flip him? Or do you think they're saying, look, he's under contract, we're going to write it out? Right. Uh, I think I think it's the latter. I think they're saying, hey – you know, you put your name on the dotted line and you are going to perform for us. And that's just the way it is. I don't think it has anything to do with showing the rest of the league that he can still play. I mean, I, look, it's not like he's coming back from a torn Achilles. He's coming back from an ankle debridement, which is a two to four week recovery period. So I don't think he needs to prove anything to anybody. Uh, I mean, you know, even in a bad year, he still averaged 4.5 yards per carry. So uh, I think the whole league knows what Jonathan Taylor is about, and it's just a matter of getting him on a contract that he feels comfortable with. So, Bob, would it surprise you more if he played over the next three weeks or if he was just in uniform on the sidelines and or a healthy scratch? Boy, um, I, I would be surprised if he played today, uh, you know, or if he played on Sunday, excuse me. Uh, I'd be surprised if he played Sunday, but I, I think I think everybody's just trying to buy time at this point. I think he's trying to buy time. I think the Colts are trying to buy time so they can make a trade by the trade deadline. Um, so I'd be surprised if he played this weekend, but I'm sure that's going to blow up in my face too. Bob, let's go back to this. 
I thought you had an interesting column yesterday, or in the la- I think it was last night when you wrote it, and and we'll get to yeah. by the way how not only the cool benchmark you've gotten to with your column, the musings of an old sports writer, but how people can get on board with that and read your work. Um, but one of them in his first media session in months, a smiling Jonathan Taylor digs deep to say nothing. Elaborate on that because I'm not saying that I disagree with you by any way in any way, shape, or form. Well. He, he tried to make the case that this whole thing, the last six months, five months, whatever it's been, has been about his health. And we all know that that's just a, a blatant lie is what it is. I mean, this whole thing has been about his contract. He, he, he basically sloughed off every question about the fraught relationship between himself and the Colts, he, he blew off everything that had to do with his contract, with the trade. You know, he's talking like, trade, you know, what, what are you talking about? Relationship? I'm like, come on, don't, don't mess with our intelligence. And we're not the smartest kids in the class, but, you know, don't do us like that. And uh, I, I just found the whole thing very distasteful. You know, the interesting thing is, if you were to nitpick it, which I will, if Jonathan Taylor wants to say that the reason he wasn't out on the field is because it was about his health and trying to get healthy, that's all well and good. But then shouldn't he be demerited from a character standpoint of trying to shop damaged goods to the rest of the league? Yeah, yeah, you can make that point. Uh, look, you know, I, the, the league the league knows what the story is here. I mean, we, we've seen players do this before. Um, this, is a whole, this was a hold-in. Now he's back sort of, kind of. Um, I, I just thought it was, it was such an interesting press conference, uh, if that's what you want to call it, it was 11 minutes and 46 seconds, mostly of nothing. But I did think he said the one thing that where he made it clear what his position is, and that is when he said, I'm right here now, you know, or something along those general lines. Um, he, he did not commit. Uh, to this team long term, nor nor should he. If he feels that he's being held hostage, if he feels that he's being mistreated, then uh, he should do everything in his power to get uh, get out of Dodge. Bob Kravitz is our guest. You can subscribe to his work on Substack, Musings of an Old Sports Writer. Nice enough to take some time with us here on Query and Company. Bob, what have been your early returns on Anthony Richardson to this point? I've been really impressed. Uh, you know, I thought that he would have these wild up, wild swings in this play, but he's been, you know, very consistent. He's he's made the big play that we were kind of hope that we haven't seen around here in Lord knows how long, really since Andrew Luck. Um, I've been really impressed by his pocket presence of all of all things. Uh, I just he he seems to have an understanding. He's got that internal clock in his head. And he knows when to move, how to move, and when to get rid of the football. And uh, I, I have nothing. I have nothing but good things to say about him. He's been great in the community, you know, doing community things. So, uh, yeah, no complaints at all. I, I thought that he would really, really struggle, and I think he'll still have some of those games where we go, "What in the heck was that?" But uh, so far, so good. Bob, this is going to sound like a weird question, but you've been around this in covering teams and you know different eras of Colts football. While it is fabulous to see Anthony Richardson, 
you know, immediately kind of take like a duck to water to an extent. I mean, there haven't been a whole lot of learning curves before our very eyes. But and and I think to this point, they've been more competitive than people expected. But is there a oh, yeah. danger in the Colts getting too greedy and pushing in too early with this roster like they did in the Andre Johnson, Frank Gore, were all chips in era? Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it makes I, – I think this is a – you know, it's not like basketball where you have these long, uh, you know, periods of time where you're rebuilding. But I do think this is at least a two, two three-year type of thing where they could really be a team – where they're a team that starts looking for players who might be that last piece. Yeah, I think it's way too early for that. I, I realize everybody in the AFC South is two and two. Um but I, I think over time, Jacksonville is going to establish itself. And the idea that the Colts would be in position for a playoff berth is, is a, little, a little foreign to me, a little, uh, a little too far out there. Bob, we acknowledged earlier in the show that it's probably too early for these conversations, but it feels like we're getting into territory in Shaq Leonard's career where maybe injury-prone yeah. is going to be a narrative that is – not just a narrative, but it's backed by factual instances. Uh, when you look at the crystal ball with where things stand, we were observing his contract. It's a $20 million cap hit next year, uh, $8 million in dead cap if they were to move on. Are, are we even close to those type of conversations yet? Oh, I think we're, I think we're there. I think we're there. Um, in fact, I really need to write about it soon. But I, I, I kind of want to – Give. I mean, uh, the other day Gus Bradley was saying that uh, they're they're hoping to get him up to speed in, in by by November, and I don't know how he feels about that. I haven't talked to him about it, but um, it's it it's going to take some time if he's ever going to come back. And it, it's sad because he was on a Hall of Fame trajectory. Make no mistake about it. I I still remember that game where he jumped out at us all against uh, Washington uh, in D.C. Uh, and uh, I think he had 18 or 21 tackles that day. I thought, my God, this guy is incredible. Um, it would be a shame if injuries uh, take away from what uh, was going to be a great career. It, it still could be. I'm not going to count the guy out. Uh, but I, I do think internally they're looking at his play and his development and saying – uh, you know, do we bring him back next year? And I think the answer probably, unless he has this incredible renaissance, the answer is probably no. Bob, are you excited for the Pacers year? I mean, they're underway right now. They're I starting am. practice. I, I really am. I went to, to their media day, and uh, this is going to be a, a really intriguing team that's going to score just a ton of points. I don't know if they can stop anybody. Um, you know, they gave up. Uh, they were 29th in the league last year and points allowed, I think it was 119 and a half. Um, you know, I mean, they seem to feel that if they can cut three or four points from that, become a, a you know, a team somewhere in the middle of the pack that they can be a playoff team. Um, you know, I, I like the fact they added Jim Boylan to the staff. I think he'll help. And I just think it's upon every one of these guys. And I think Bruce Brown is a really good defender. Uh, I think it's just up to these guys to make that commitment to playing defensively and playing well and, and rebounding too. That's, that's another area where they need to get a lot better. Bob, I want to go back to when we first – Bob Kravitz is our guest on the hotline. I want to go back to when we first had you on. You were just starting 
the musings of an old sports writer on Substack, which what I like about it is, you know, it kind of is like an area for you to just run free, right? I mean, you're you're the editorial right. control, so you can write what you want to write when you want to write it. Um, I know that it's gone well for you. I wanted you to kind of fill us in on the the people that have helped you out with that. By And by that, I mean, I think you probably want to thank a lot of people who have bought into it. And then also Absolutely. how people can continue to read your work. Well, it's been unbelievably humbling. I when when the thing happened with uh, the athletic, I thought, what am I going to do? I, th- I thought I was going to drive a car, you know, uh, be a barista, something. I didn't know what I was going to do. And, uh, you know, some people got me lined up with this, uh, with the Substack, and it's been absolutely fantastic. I've, I went over 600 uh, uh, paid subs yesterday, so that's pretty good for three months' work. Um, and if people want to read, it's bobkravitz.substack.com, and I, I, I tweet out my stories and put it on Facebook, and my daughter puts it on Instagram because I have absolutely no idea how to work on it. I work Instagram. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's been very humbling, very gratifying. And, uh, I feel like I've got a, I, I won't say a second career. It's more like an eighth. And that includes the dopey report card after each and every game, which is a fan favorite. Absolutely. And then just simply the musings, which are kind of like brain droppings from Bob Kravitz. Bob, I will yeah, leave you with this. Um, I know I had told you about this on new year's Eve at, the slippery noodle but i am not going to be in town coincidentally enough i'm going to be in your old stomping grounds of long island coming up two weeks from tomorrow on october 20th but on october 20th so i'm going to say this to you for you bob and anybody listening there is no better place to be in indianapolis on just the start of a crisp fall night than the rathskeller beer garden and michael weir my buddy and your buddy bob that yeah. we went to go see bruce springsteen with his band the elect which is the best local band in indy will be playing october 20th at the rathskeller beer garden so even though i'm going to be in your old stomping grounds i'm going to ask that you have yourself a large beer for me and go watch michael play it's the very least i could do uh, well, we appreciate that. Bob, a pleasure as always, and uh, certainly Bye, look man. forward to continuing to reading, in particular, your dopey report card about the game coming up on Sunday with the Tennessee Titans. Appreciate the time. All right. Thanks, guys. Take right. care. That's Bob Kravitz.